Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Banking Experiences, a Kyosung Innoview podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the podcast. If you're watching today's episode, you are officially seeing the major Kyosung rebrand that we have launched. Obviously, this episode uh, or this podcast, excuse me, used to be uh, Inspired Banking. Now we are Banking Experiences, and we are coming back with quality content and thought leadership exploring some of the various changes, trends, and technologies that are setting new standards in cash management. So before we get into the core of today's conversation, I want to make sure you're all caught up on previous episodes. Um, Today's topic is actually one that we've covered at length in some of our previous episodes. Today's more of an update on new technologies and changes within Kyosung InnoView in relation to the evolution of these trends. But if you want to catch up on the trends themselves, make sure you're heading to our website, hyosunginnovu.com. Again, that's hyosung, I-N-N-O-V-U-E.com. There you'll find previous episodes of um, banking experiences, previously known as Inspired Banking, uh, or you can find other pieces of content on there, including white papers, blogs, articles, videos, you name it. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So just hit that subscribe button and you'll have a full catalog of our previous episodes as well as notifications when we drop them at once. So team, let's jump into today's talking points. For today's episode, we're going to be discussing the future of cash automation. So when we think of cash automation, right, there are a lot of buckets of technologies. There's cash counters, there's cash sorters, right, like the type we see in ATMs, cash and coin recyclers. Uh, and these technologies have evolved in uh, you know, various forms and taken on new forms over the last several years. Uh, but a lot of the processes for maintenance of these machines and just the operational day-to-day is still very hands-on, right? Think of locations with multiple ATMs or having to refill devices with fresh cash and fresh coins, uh, or even coordinating the movement of cash from uh, an on-site device to a secure location or uh, vice versa, right? All these processes obviously take a lot of intention and a lot of coordination, and there's a lot of room for innovation in those manual processes to find some efficiency to not only make cash management easier for those uh, handling the devices, but also for the end users. And so what we're going to be doing today is discussing what does that future of cash management and cash automation look like? And what challenges do these next generations of technologies and processes have to solve for, right? What are the pain points and how do we solve them through new tech and new processes? So here to break all that down is my favorite Kyosung guest, Mr. Bill Buddy, VP of Banking Strategy and Solutions for Kyosung Interview. Bill, great to have you back in studio, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We're filming this on my birthday, and I couldn't nice. ask for a better birthday present <laughs> than sitting down with my guy Bill and chatting um, future of cash automation. So, like I mentioned, we have explained this at length before. Um, this is a topic that we've explored a little more on the cash recycling side, but we dug deep into the timeline sure. of cash recycling technologies. Uh, some of the um, products that Kyosung Interview is pioneering and setting standards for. And so really what I want to do today is take that knowledge pool, summarize it, and then we'll get into some of the updates, right? What has changed since the last time we talked and what's on the horizon? So if you could start for us, Bill, just give us a brief overview of some of our previous conversations, more specifically of just cash recycling technology, specifically some of its benefits 
and uh, the evolutions that we've already covered, right? Where did we start and where are we now? Yeah, sure. Thanks. So, um, and again, happy birthday. Oh, thank you, I, sir. I forgot to bring you a piece of cake today, <laughs> yeah, but I'll I mean, catch you up the next time. It's all yeah. good. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, the kind of the, the baseline, right, that starting point, there, there's a couple of, of pieces uh, that are really kind of key as the first step for automating kind of cash movements within bank branches and even retail locations sure. and uh, any place where there's a lot of cash in, cash out, that kind of stuff. Um, the, the one is kind of the, your, your typical, your friendly ATM that sits out there either in the vestibule or out in the parking lot or whatever, right. um, where traditionally in the past, it's always been kind of this, you know, two different buckets type device. If you're, make, if you're making a withdrawal from an ATM, there's this bucket of cash in there and it spits that cash out to you. And if you want to make a deposit, you put it into a depository, which is separate. And um, taking the first step on those is kind of adding that recycling functionality inside, which means now it's a two-way street, right? Customers are depositing money, that money's sorted, stored, and then redistributed to the next customer who wants to withdraw money. Um, the same thing inside the branch at teller lines, where uh, Customers walk in and out of a branch, uh, bank branch every day where they're either depositing money or withdrawing money. Right. And that teller has the drawer where they take the cash from deposits and they'll sort it into their drawer and then they take that cash out when a customer wants to withdraw. At the end of the day, they've got to count that down and audit it and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, so putting a recycler in the, in the teller line also makes that job a lot more efficient. It means that that teller can spend a lot less time counting those pieces of paper with green ink on it and instead spend their time focusing on the customer relationship. Right. So that's kind of the first step, right, is that you put, those, you put that recycling functionality in those key points and now um, the, 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 the operational impact, the operational kind of footprint of that location gets a lot less because that machine functions a lot longer by itself when it's an ATM because you, do, you don't have to refill it as often because it's kind of refilling itself with with customer deposits. Right. And at the teller line, you have a lot less time counting money, which means that, that those people that are serving that function within the branch can do a lot more things with their time that is a lot more kind of customer facing. They don't have to sit there and show the customer the top of their head while they're counting every single transaction. Um, they can really kind of focus on whether it's upselling or even whether it's just talking to that customer because they know that customer about how their kids are, how their day was, just strengthening that bond. Sure. Um, but uh, the, the, there's still some processes around those things that you still have to maintain. It's a lot more efficient than, than not having that, um, but there's still some pieces around it that, that you have to maintain where you have to, the ATM eventually runs out of money right. and you've got to open up the safe and fill it up or the TCR will eventually fill up or get low and you've got to replenish it or what have you. And that means you've got to get loose cash and add it to something, right? So there's still processes around having to um, still handle cash loosely then sometimes under dual control when it's a lot, you have to move it from one location to another, which right. means you still got reconciliation processes. It happens a lot less often when the machines themselves are recycling, right. but you still got those reconciliation processes that exist and they exist for one reason only, and that is to make sure that the amount of cash that you said you took from one place got to the next place, right? right? And you got teams of people in back offices that are, that are kind of doing that reconciliation saying, well, here was the count here and here was the count here. It matched, great. And then up oh, here's an exception. Now we gotta go research why it was wrong. Did somebody right. miscount? Did somebody, you know, enter the number wrong? What have or did somebody was somebody actually pocketing a couple of bills? Right. right. Um, so you know, there's still some processes, but they do get a lot more efficient because that those reconciliations happen less often. Right. Um, which means you have a lot less time spent chasing counts, finding, you know, uh, human error in the process, or 
sifting through a lot of human error in the process to actually find that every once in a while where bad things are happening that the process was put there to prevent. Well, then you know, how often are we still seeing those kinds of challenges, right? Because I would imagine with the last several years, you know, let's say even the last five to 10 sure. of updates to um, cash recycling, cash automation, like you've mentioned, it has trimmed down some of those potentials for error or bad actors, but where do we still see some of those challenges or limitations um, or in which areas of cash management are there the most risk, right? So even if it's not happening as frequently, where is there still the opportunity for something to go wrong? Sure. Right? Where are those limitations most in the process today? Yeah, so that, that's a great question. I mean, the, the, the pieces in the process are still kind of very similar to kind of the, uh, the pre-recycling process. It's okay. just, it happens a lot less often. Sure. But the, the pressure, the, the, well, the reason why it's starting to become a topic is, you know, just kind of, I guess it's kind of this general evolution of technology in general, right? Yeah. Redundant use of the word general here, but it's you know, it, it, run out of words, I guess. Yeah. Um, it happens. Yeah, the, the, so before recycling technology was introduced in banks and, and credit unions and in retailers across the US and, and even in other parts of the world too, um, it, it was a pretty onerous process to do all this thing, but it's just accepted as, as, you know, as part of the process to make sure that we're not losing money, make sure that we're staying in synced from an audit perspective, all that kind of stuff. And right. sometimes it is to prevent fraud and theft, but also it's also to just make sure that you've got your books in order and make sure that you've got an auditable process that's repeatable. Um, and as recycling comes in, that process gets more efficient. So now you have a new baseline of efficiency level, right? That says, okay, it used to cost us this much to operate a, this much to operate a bank. Um, and now that cost has gone down. That operational impact has gone down for us. And now here's our kind of run rate and then we've got all the rest of this time for our employees to really engage with customers and really focus on value add for the enterprise. You know, the operational pieces are, are less about value add, more about just keeping the doors open. And then it's the, okay, now I'm adding value to the business by, right. by strengthening relationships. So as that continues to evolve, then now the new baseline is, okay, how can we make the new baseline even better? So it's really kind of about just the continuing evolution of business processes that says, Here's our baseline. How do we push it to make it better? Okay, here's our new baseline. How do we now continue to make this better so we're spending as much of a, a, a the highest percentage of our time on value-added tasks as possible? So that's kind of where that pressure comes from, right? right. And um, you still got opportunities for fraud and theft. You still got opportunities for you know loose processes that um, either people will take advantage of or less fraud and theft, but sometimes just sloppiness, just error, that, that, yeah, yeah, errors right. that can that tend to kind of also cause loss because it's an error, not a fraudulent thing. And some of those things I imagine are hard to just say, like we've eliminated them entirely. Right. Exactly. It's more just how do you create systems and technologies that can mitigate that as much as possible and right. reduce the opportunities where that could even happen. Right. It's the old rub about death and taxes are the only sure thing, right? Everything <laughs> right. else, it's 99.9%, but it's not, nothing's ever eliminated completely, right? right? So it's it's it really is about kind of continuing to push that envelope to be more cost effective, more efficient with your processes. And then, you know, much more focused on all the time you're spending, as much of the time you're spending as possible being really kind of about the customer and not about the operational back office burden. Right. Let's uh, pull the lens back a little bit. If we look at the, I guess, larger ecosystem of cash management and cash automation today, 
maybe more specifically, um, you know, retail, grocery, banking mm -hmm. industries. What are some trends happening right now that you would say are defining the coming needs and challenges, right? That are defining what the future of cash automation will have to address. Yeah. So yeah, that's and that's great because um, it, it really kind of blends into what exactly we were just talking about. Yeah. In that, you know, the 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 operational tasks that are still around now that people have accepted cash recycling technology and really kind of seen the benefits it can bring. Um, it it really kind of you know, it, it's shining that flashlight on the, okay, now what's what's left, right? right. What is the stuff that still happens that uh, is not as value-added? Because before recycling, you had this task that would just happen every single day, multiple, multiple times. So it was the thing that you, you saw and you said, well, how do we make that better? Right. Now that that piece, you can pull, peel that layer away and it goes away. Now that flashlight hits on a few other things. So you notice things that you weren't as noticeable in the past because they weren't as big a proportion of that operational impact. So now it's it's continuing to kind of peel back that layer. So with recycling, it allowed that machine itself to operate correctly. But right. now you see much more clearly the fact that even a machine is still kind of an island by itself. And you still have instances where someone has to go pay attention to that device to make sure that it has the right level of cash or to make sure that um, it's... Uh, uh, reconciled correctly, make sure that it's audited correctly. And when a cash needs to be brought to it, um, then you've got still got those same processes where you've got to count how much I got this many $20 bills and I'm bringing across the, the room, go put it in the machine, tell the machine that you gave it that many $20 bills and hope that you entered it correctly, hope that you counted it correctly, none just accidentally fall off or purposely fell off along the way, that kind of stuff. So those, those tasks still happen. So um, you know, taking that next step to automate that part of the process as well is really kind of where um, people start to kind of see opportunity. And that's kind of one of the ways where one of the places where we're really focused is how can we um, take that technology and kind of just push the walls out a little bit, kind right. of have it have it impactful at more than just that that little box, but from box to box, for instance. So um, instead of having to manually pull out money and manually count it and then manually enter it into a machine to tell it how much you got, um, you, you can pull it out in an automated fashion and put it into a secure device that then can be kind of moved from one location to the next. And then when you get it to the next location, you can attach that device without having to kind of open a safe and, and open up cassettes and manually put cash in, but instead tell the machine to put it all in. So that a machine knows every single bill that's come out of it and every single bill that goes into it. And it counts it and audits it and stores it and sorts it automatically. So you don't have miscounts. You don't have human data error, data entry error, things like that. Um, and, and it allows, again, kind of another push forward in uh, lowering that operational kind of baseline and taking that time and taking a whole nother level of time and pushing it towards customer experience, customer relationship, value add to the business, that kind of stuff. Right. So that sets us up now to look at what is defining the next era of cash automation. Right? Mm -hmm. What does the future look like now? The future often is today, right? We're sure. seeing it happen uh, and develop in real time. And I know Kyosung Interview is um, introducing a lot of tools that are aimed at specifically further eliminating manual cash handling. Yep. Um, I know the, the sort of big area that Kyosung Interview is uh, setting standards in is on secure cash transfer specifically. Yep. Could you expand on the work that Kyosung Interview is doing and how you see it relating to those immediate challenges, the ones that are defining the future of cash automation?
Yeah, absolutely. It's um, and you, you kind of mentioned it even in the start too, and the kind of cash management in general is something that we really kind of tried to push forward with technology and and new kind of innovations. Um, you know, introducing the first recycling ATMs into the U.S. Right. that ma that are mainstream and now kind of making it kind of a de facto way that that we operate and and really kind of introducing that technology that allows machines to interact. And the secure cash transfer piece is really the next step there. It's taking that technology that that you know has started to become a you know pretty regular across the industry, not just with us, and and continue to innovate on that platform. So um, creating the tools that do allow for um, it, it, you know cash never having to leave a machine if you're managing one a collection of machines at a location, for instance. Right. Like you have a you have a bank branch that has you know, three ATMs plus a teller cash recycler in it. And all four of those machines don't act independently, they act together. Um, and there's there's a hardware component to that that allows you to physically move cash from one location to another without having to touch it and count it and sort it and all that stuff manually, but instead do it automatically. And there's also a software component to it sure. that allows all those machines to, you know, ensure that that process is still auditable, the process is still, um, you know, uh, reconcilable, so that it's not just a, a, a random task that you go do, but if, if Daniel walks across the branch and tells a machine, hey, I've got too much in this, I've got to take it out, and you tell the machine to do it, well, the machine knows it was Daniel that did it. The machine sure. doesn't think, well, just somebody took some money out, I hope it gets somewhere, no. right? Yeah, right? Yeah, and, and then, you know, there's, the, there's even kind of the further layer of the intelligence behind that platform that monitors all those pieces and ensures that they're all working together. So right. that uh, even that operational burden is kind of lifted from the folks, the employees at the location, because that kind of platform, that intelligence behind it is saying, hey, you know, typically this ATM gets this much traffic per day, so it's probably gonna run out by the end of the day. So hey, before the day starts, just go do this task. And the person can go do that task right. without having to check and think themselves say, oh, I wonder if that has got to happen. Right. Not that we want to take thinking off people's plate, but we want to take the operational piece off. Yeah, so they right. should be thinking about, hey, the customers that come in, how can I you know, ensure that we're putting our best foot forward? How can I ensure that I'm getting the right wallet share for them? They shouldn't have to be thinking about, gosh, does that machine have enough cash in it, right? right. That's where a, the platform can take care of it so that they can really focus on, again, that value-added stuff that really brings the, the value to the enterprise as well as bringing the value to their customers. Right. I mean, it's a small thing too, to some degree, like when you think of, let's just create some visibility and some communications in um, offering operational support yep. by just simply, you know, giving a, a roadmap of maintenance, giving um, you know, pings and notifications right. when, you know, hey, if you're on the orange, oh, you're in the red, like it perhaps gonna be time to refill this soon. No, gotta refill this by tomorrow. Even just little value-added changes like that, I imagine go an incredibly long way when, you're right, this industry, as much as um, you know, it is all about handling cold, hard cash, it's really more about developing quality customer experiences and about keeping your banking customers coming back to your bank, or if you're a grocer, you know, making sure that your ATM is always working and that's gonna create a positive experience to have them have trust in your operations. And, right. you know, I mean, it, there's all these domino effects that you start to address by implementing quality software that is, you know, uh, vocal about um, 
how to manage the operations of these machines. So I, I find that, yeah, to be just a, an exciting update that does you know, a small change for a big impact. And I'm curious how you're seeing that already play out um, you know, with these kinds of uh, launches and updates, where are you seeing some of the um, you know, most positive implications and consequences, right? How are your end users already benefiting from these updates? Well, so yeah, and I think that um, the, the the kind of we're at a stage right now where we're really starting to kind of introduce it, right? Sure. So we've got um, a lot of our customers are looking at this as something that can really kind of change the way their operation right. runs, um, and the kind of the early adopters are already starting to experience that. They're already starting to experience a like in their kind of you know, dipping their toe in the water, right? So sure. they they pick a pilot location or two to do it, and in those locations now. Um, you know, they, they really uh, get to the point where their folks are showing up and opening the door and the branch kind of runs itself. And I don't mean to minimize the task because running a bank is a lot of hard work, of course. but it runs itself from the task level perspective so that the, all those people that are coming in, they're actually running the soul of the bank, right? Because when, when the customers come in, you know, they're, they're not coming into a bank the same way they come into like a retail store, like a Home Depot or a McDonald's or whatever to right. do a very specific thing. They're coming into a bank to, um, to, to trust that location with their financial future. Right. Essentially, that, that sound that sounds like a very kind of high-minded thing to say, but if they, when you when you really look at it, that's really the truth. I'm not trying to denigrate retail stores either. So people go to retail stores to buy major life purchases, sure. but you go to a bank to talk about your financial future. Right? And it starts when you get your high school checking account or when you're a college kid and you get your first credit card if you're, a, you know, if you're getting into that banking environment. But really, as you continue to grow, your bank is supposed to be there with you and you're supposed to trust it. Right. And the ones that do that best are the ones that create those relationships with their customers to, that become lifelong relationships, not just a transactional kind of um, relationship. So. Right. Uh, it it really what what you see when you kind of implement some of that technology and implement some of that intelligence behind it from the operational perspective is that not only um, are you spending a lot less time trying to figure out whether you did the tasks right that were supposed to be done to open the doors of the branch, but you also are you you also find that you're spending a lot more time just with your customers. Right. Um, and it's it's something that customers notice too. So it's kind of, it is kind of a, a kind of a dual um, thing that, that becomes pretty evident once you start kind of um, implementing that stuff, and it really right. starts to become a snowball then because then it's like, well, how do we do it in more places? And and then kind of the further you get through a network, depending on the size of your enterprise, whether it's five branches or fifty or five thousand, the further you get through that network, the the more you see on the back office side as well, which means now your your back office institutions are focused on, okay, how can we develop the products that right. our customers are going to love as opposed to the time they spend going, did they count that right and did it match this count over here? So then I would imagine that also reduces the amount of overhead that goes along with um, maintaining these machines. Now, obviously, we've already explained just the the refilling of the cash, sure. the day-to-day -day operations. But what about the training or the process auditing and the general, just the 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 
general skill set that goes with uh, adapting to a new machine launch, an update to it, or even just day-to-day operations, do you find that these changes are um, reducing the cost and the time and resources needed for training even just uh, you know, to, to keep these machines operational? That, I mean, that's a really good point actually, now that you mentioned it, because it, it, it is something that, that becomes clear Right. Um, with the the folks who have to operate it in the branch, like you know, we have a whole team of of folks who have to go service these machines because again, they're like, they're they're not deaf and they're not taxes, so they're not going to be one hundred percent infallible, right? right. Um, <laughs> that uh, every once in a while, a machine will break and require service, and they're pretty technologically advanced machines. So our technicians, we've got to train them a lot to make sure that then it's new technology. So we've got to make sure that they're up to speed on the latest technology when they come out so that they can come out and 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 fix it quickly and get it back up and running on the rare occasions when it breaks. But right. the 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 tasks that the bank employees have to do to just m- maintain the machine, uh, replenish it, all that kind of stuff, those tasks, those processes do get a lot simpler. So it becomes a lot uh, a lot easier for them. Um, to train their employees about the things that they've got to do to keep the doors open. Because um, instead of this, you know, three-page process that's about, okay, now you you go uh, with a second person because you got to do it under dual control because there's a lot of money. You go count down the money out of the vault, and now you walk over to the secure ATM room. And now you count it again as you put it into the cassettes. you got to open the cassette up and manually place the cassette. Like, it's a pretty long process. Now it becomes... Hey, the uh, system said that this machine needs attention, so or, and it needs to be given cash from a different machine. So you got to just go do this task. Take, take the mecha, take the cassette over to machine one. Tell it you're there. Log into it and tell it you're there. And then the machine does what it needs to do. And then take that cassette over to machine number two, and tell it you're there. And the machine takes care of the task. Right. So from a day-to-day operations perspective, it is significantly simpler, and that that training load becomes less. Um, which means that your process load becomes less, um, which means then your the the work that you have to do to audit all your processes also becomes less. In summation, I think that um, you know paints uh, an exciting picture for the kinds of procedural operational um, you know wins that are on the horizon for cash automation, uh, and specifically you know the the work that Kyosung Interview is doing is I think going to play a major role in creating those wins. And what I'd love to see in the future is that as these become more mainstream and they start to compound, um, you know, we start to have less and less of these kinds of conversations. It's like, man, what manual challenges still need to be addressed in the cash automation process? Well, I feel like we're moving in a direction where what will remain will just sort of be, you know, the sort of basic nuisances of managing um, ca- cash automation yeah. and, uh, you know, refilling the machines. But even then, you know, with more and more of these layers of communication, of ease of use, uh, I think we're going to um, see those mm, those little humps in the road get lower and lower and lower, right? Yeah, I, I would say so. And and because, I mean, there is kind of a point where, you know, uh, you, you spend a whole lot of money on technology to eliminate a really tiny bit. It's right. it's not cost effective anymore. This is sure. this is a big step and this is a really cost effective piece. But you, you, you do kind of the runway gets a little shorter, right, as you right. keep going. Right. Um, but that's kind of the exciting part from where I stand as well. Right. Because then that 
you know, it, it's exciting to be kind of on the front end of that technology and really trying to figure out how to kind of push the envelope forward and really kind of do new things. Um, but it kind of then puts me in a position where now I'm starting to think about, well, more than just handling pieces of paper, what other things can we do right. um, to enhance the ex experience that happens in the branch, right? It right. doesn't always have to be about the operational. This is a pretty significant step forward on the operational piece, but what other things can we do to uh, on you know the relationship piece that can help uh, banks and credit unions be put in a position to be significantly more successful? Or what can we do around you know the way banks operate at a higher level? Or what can we do in the retail space that makes a, a, a grocery store or a convenience store more effective? Um, uh, the, that provides exactly what customers need when they walk right. in without, again, having that kind of significant layer of overhead and, and really kind of meeting the needs. So it, it really kind of opens up a whole lot more possibilities for us to be kind of working on, which that probably will be our next discussion. Totally. Yeah, well, you know, it widens the horizons, <laughs> yes. and I bet that uh, keeps your job exciting. Right? Well, it does. <laughs> it, it definitely is kind of fun to think about that kind yeah, of stuff. Totally. Well, I'm excited to see what um, you know, future updates are on the radar for your work specifically at Kyosung Interview and just with cash automation in general. Um, we always find unexpected trends around the corner that sort of redefine challenges and needs for that fiscal year, right? Um, and so I imagine we'll still be having these conversations a year from now, two, three, mm -hmm. four from now, um, where we touch base and we see what's on the horizon and where's cash management needing to continue to evolve. But hopefully, like you said, that conversation starts to get more and more towards how does it need to continue to evolve to improve the customer experience? Sure. And once we've handled the operational side of things, what else can we address yep. to make the sort of cash handling experience for the end user and the bank branch or the grocery store um, you know, that much more seamless mm -hmm. and create that much more of a positive experience? So uh, with that, I'll uh, leave us with just an opportunity for you to update our audience on any other updates that are on the horizon for Hyosung Interview. Is there anything that we can tease out or um, that y'all are working on or even just some changes to the ecosystem, so not Hyosung Interview related, that the company is keeping its eye on and um, you know, we'll use as a roadmap for the next year? Yeah, so and um, I think the last episode where I was where I was here, at least, I think we've done a few where... I didn't get called upon, but <laughs> no, um, nothing to do with you. I the, promise. The, the last <laughs> one I was here, we talked a little bit about kind of video connectivity and, and really kind of being able to reach uh, your customers where they are, and I really see that kind of starting to become significantly more impactful, um, especially when you consider the experiences that we've all had as humans on this planet in the last two years, where we become a lot more comfortable with video. And up until the spring of 2020, when when people talk about, oh, you can you know, talk a video, you know, video call, you can talk over video with, or it really wasn't something that people really accepted other than people who are super into tech, right? right. And, and, you know, we had a couple of years there where grandparents were saying hi to their grandkids over video at Christmas or birthdays or what have you, and it just become, it became a thread of life. Um, and I think that there's going to be some pretty innovative ways that that is kind of pulled into um, a lot of different industries, banking one where kind of I am, but in a lot of different industries where it's going to be kind of a, a, a now that people accept that technology and really going to be something that, that businesses take advantage of to right. really enhance their customer experiences. Yeah, that whole tele insert yeah, industry right. mm -hmm. is, um, you know, yeah, you're right. It got solidified and standardized over the last yeah. two years. And yeah, I'm curious to see how um, you know, ATMs and just general uh, cash interaction machines um, will uh, 
start to integrate that sort of virtual experience mm -hmm. more right. and more. Um, it might change the definition of uh, you know what a bank's mm, what a bank uh, branch is. What even. a bank branch is yeah. exactly what the bank's labor force even looks That's like, right? right? Imagine a and where they're located, bank. right? They, exactly. you know, you get you get bankers that are working from home, or you get bankers that are in one state serving someone in another state, or whatever, or, or or you get specialists in one area that and generalists on location that kind of help facilitate interactions. It's it really kind of opens up a lot of different possibilities, um, and I don't know that there's a right one. It's just maybe it's more kind of what the philosophy of each uh, each enterprise is going to be. Some sure. might want to do it one way, some might want to do it another, and that's kind of going to be their personality. So. Right. And I mean, the technology is definitely there, mm -hmm. if not close to there for this industry. I think what will be unique to, uh, will be to see how uh, the banking industry takes that methodology yep. that we have seen proven. I mean, you know, I reported on a story not too long ago about uh, Witch Witch launching virtual oh, yeah. kiosks, yep. right? Um, and people, you know, dialing in from a call center or from home, basically serving sandwiches. Right. Um, really cool technology. It's, right? it's really it, cool use of that technology. Exactly. Um, what will be unique about banking will be implementing that, but maintaining the level of trust that comes with exactly. having That's, an important, yes. critical, life-altering decision about I need to take out a loan or right. I, you know, I need to, um, you know, coordinate on financial strategy with X trusted yep. banking professional. That I think adds a, a slightly it different does. layer than ordering a sandwich at a kiosk, right? And so, <laughs> yes, um, and so that will be interesting to see play out in yeah. real time. And I'm excited to chat with you on that or yeah, any of your colleagues at yeah. Dosung Interview. So I think we'll leave it there for now. Thank you, Bill, for joining us and giving us an update on the future of cash automation here at the end of 2022 going into 2023. Um, and uh, you know, really eyeing some of the uh, changes that Kyosung Interview is bringing to the ecosystem, the standards you're setting with secure cash transfer. It's been very enlightening and I'm looking forward to more. So again, folks, we've been chatting with Bill Buddy. He's VP of Banking Strategy and Solutions for Kyosung Interview. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here in studio. and. Um, where can we point people for more information on you or to learn a little bit more about what we were talking about today, specifically uh, secure cash transfer? Well, we've got a, a, a ton of information on our website, heosunginterview.com. It's, uh, um, we've got, uh, like you said at the beginning, we've got a lot of our, we've got our historical podcasts out there as well. So I know we've got um, our very first episode, I think was on kind of the initial part of cash recycling. Right. So that's a, that's a great resource. And we've got, we do have a lot of blog posts out there as well as some um, or a lot of really detailed information about some of the solutions that we have and some of the some of the experiences that we offer. So um, that's a really great resource. And then um, there's all there's kind of within that there's also the contact us if you want to really start to get in depth. We can you know set up some time where customers can come into our showroom and really kind of have a hands-on experience. So that's kind of a great way to to get more information. And thanks for making me a part of your birthday. Hey man, of course <laughs> wouldn't have had it any other way. Thank you again to Bill Buddy. Uh, at Hyosung Interview. And thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of Banking Experiences, a Hyosung Interview podcast. If you like what you heard and saw today and you want previous episodes of the show or you want to make sure you don't miss out on future thought leadership on the future of cash management and the banking industry, make sure that you're heading to our website, hyosunginterview.com and subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Banking Experiences.